None of the people telling you to worry about coronavirus are actually worried about coronavirus. Have you heard me say that before? Oh, we have new examples tonight, and we have the great Carol Roth joining us next. I don't think we talk enough about how they treated Donald Trump. And before you get ahead of me here, you may be a Trump fan right now. As soon as I said that, you're saying, woohoo, that's right, it was unjust. Or you may be a Trump hater. And you may be saying to yourself, oh boy, here we go. You complain about how they treated Trump again. But actually, I'm not doing it for either of those reasons. I'm doing it, we're going to do a little rewind here so we understand why that happened and we'll understand it better in the future. Donald Trump, for better or for worse, I say for better, was what I call a system disruptor. You know, we have a corrupt system now. I've talked about it a thousand times. I talked about it last night on the show. We have a corrupt system. And when a system gets really, really gross and rotted and corrupt, it really starts to protect itself more than ever. And historically, this is, this is historical. This happens in nations all over the world throughout time. Somebody will eventually step up, take the reins, try to take the reins, and the system views him as a threat and tries to purge him. I was thinking last night about how they talked about Donald Trump and his travel bans. Don't you remember when COVID first hit and they started talking about travel bans right away? Now, keep in mind, keep in mind, before we get into all the specifics of what Joe Biden said, banning travel from a place that has sick people is the most basic concept in the prevention of the spread of disease. This was done long before there were cell phones and TVs and everything else. This was done in ancient times. Oh no, that town a couple miles over has a plague? Guess who's not getting in this town? Anyone from that town? Let us know when it clears up. That's how it's done. You ban travel from places that have disease. And Donald Trump announced his travel ban, and it was called by Joe Biden and everyone else under the sun xenophobic several times. Ah, this is xenophobic. This is racism. It just, it occurred to me, remember, we are going to have another Republican president, Lord willing, one day. When they turn all the outrage up to a thousand once again because he's a system disruptor, just remember why. Remember why these people do all this stuff. Remember it. But back to Joe Biden. I do, I do enjoy that Joe Biden is on record. We have all the receipts. He's on record calling this xenophobic travel ban is xenophobic. He can't do this. That's ridiculous. Except Joe Biden just banned a bunch of African countries from coming here. I did enjoy Peter Ducey, as I often do, Peter Ducey going after Jen Psaki about it. Thank you, Jen. Before Joe Biden was president, he said that COVID travel restrictions on foreign countries were hysterical xenophobia and fear-mongering. So what changed? Well, I would say first, to put it in full context, Peter, what the president was critical of was the way that the former president put out, I believe, a xenophobic tweet uh, and how he called, that, what he called the coronavirus uh, and, and who he directed it at. The president has not been critical of re travel restrictions. We have put those in place ourselves. We put them in place ourselves in the spring. But no, he does not believe. He believes we should uh, follow the advice of health and medical experts. That's exactly what he did in putting in place these restrictions over the weekend. Okay, just word salad. 
You got called out for being a blatant hypocrite. Word salad. I did enjoy this part of it, though. It was for what he called the virus and who he blamed it on. Think about that for a minute. You remember what Donald Trump called the virus and who he blamed it on? He called it the China virus. Uh, the virus came from China. Oh, why, why such a commitment to protecting China? One might begin to wonder why the Biden campaign, why the Biden administration is so committed to protecting China. Why is every American institution seemingly so committed to protecting China? It's not as if this is some internet conspiracy theory. That virus came from China. We know that. We know something else, too. China found out about that virus, and they banned travel within their nation, and they allowed international travel, specifically to the United States of America. Again, this is not internet conspiracy theory stuff. This is fact. We know these facts. Why are so many important parts of America so committed to protecting China? All right, let's move on. Let's move on. I've used this analogy before. You see, Joe Biden got caught maskless in another store. Of course, Joe Biden is wear a mask, protect your neighbor. And of course, he gets caught once again without a mask on. Peter Ducey went after Jen Psaki for this, too. We saw the president shopping indoors on Saturday behind glass that says face covering required, but his face was uncovered. Why? The president is uh, somebody who follows uh, the, the recommendations and the advice of the CDC. I don't know what the circumstances were of that particular moment. He was shopping in a store, and on the glass outside it said face covering required, and we could see him inside, and his face was uncovered. Well, again, Peter, our recommendation and advice continues to be for people to wear uh, masks when they are required in establishments. I don't know what this establishment was. The president obviously follows the health, the advice of his health and medical is, team. Is there concern that when the president says today, please wear your mask indoors in public settings around other people, and he doesn't do that, that it's going to make it harder to get people to follow him? I think you see the American people and all of you see the president wearing a mask every time he comes out to an event, when he's sitting in meetings and certainly he will continue to model behavior he hopes the American people will follow, not for his benefit, but to save their own lives and the lives of their friends and neighbors. I just had a thought while I was watching that. I know it's kind of off subject, but I was well, not off subject, but I had a thought while I was watching that, and here it is. You know I hate these people, right? These communists, the Bidens and Sockies and all of them. Doesn't this make you feel a little bit better? Don't we all need something to feel better about? Doesn't this make you feel a little bit better? They really do wear those stupid masks all the time. Those obnoxious masks, you can't breathe in them, they hurt your ears. These idiots, for the cameras, they wear them all the time. It's, it, it cracks me up. All right, so setting that aside. All right, why did Joe Biden get caught without a mask on in a store? I've used this analogy before, but I'm gonna use it again because it was so brilliant the first time I used it. In all seriousness, the, Let's say you and I, let's say we live together. We live together. We live in the same house. You get up one morning, and I'm staring out at the front lawn, and I say, hey, don't go on that front lawn. You say, why? I said, well, there are landmines all over that front lawn. You can't see them, but they're all over there. One wrong move, boom, you're gone. It's too dangerous. Go out there, and you're going to die. And then a couple hours later, you go look out the front window, and I'm out there on the front lawn. I'm making phone calls. I'm, I'm dancing around just all over the front lawn. 
Would you say to yourself in that moment, Jesse's a hypocrite? Maybe, but what would be the real message you would take from that? There aren't any landmines in the front lawn, are there? There's a reason Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, Gavin Newsom, Andrew Cuomo, AOC, your local politician, Lori Lightfoot, Bill de Blasio, you name the American politician on the left, they've been caught violating all these mask and distancing rules a thousand times, and there's a reason they've all been caught violating these rules. It's not because they're hypocrites. It's because they're not worried about coronavirus. They're not worried about getting it. They're not worried about spreading it. So why do we still have people like Joe Biden speaking to us like this? I expect the new normal to be everyone ends up getting vaccinated in the booster shot. So we reduce the number of people who aren't protected to such a low degree that we're not seeing the spread of these viruses. Our lockdowns off the table. Are yes, for now. Pro- yes. Dr. Why, why is that? Well, because we're able to, if people are vaccinated and wear their masks, there's no need for lockdown. Doesn't he sound tired? I don't know. I just think it's, it's so tired. But I love that. I love, I love how they speak to us that way. Are we going to lock down again? No, no, no. As long as you get vaccinated, wear your mask. Of course. I, I love being spoken to that way by the President of the United States. Remember, he's not a king. He's not your Lord. Look, I don't want to have to hurt you again. If you don't do what I say, I will. You're going to do what I say? I'm giving you the freedom. I'm tired of being talked to in this way. And the hysteria. The losers who run this country, it is actually sad how Americans like me, like probably you, have lost all faith in our institutions. The CDC came out yesterday and they officially announced they're recommending boosters for everyone. And in the official announcement, get this, in the, in the official announcement of the CDC, part of the justification for now suggesting everybody get a booster is the new variant from Africa. I don't even know how you say it. I've heard it a thousand different ways. Omicron, I think they're calling it. Who knows? But keep in mind, keep in mind, the CDC just announced that everyone should get a booster shot because of the new variant. But the new variant, we even have the doctor who discovered it saying on camera, I don't understand what all the hysteria is about. It was like a mild cold. It's really not that big of a deal. So we got a new variant out. That's like getting a mild cold and boom, the Center for Disease Control decides better get your booster shot. Gee, I I wonder why. It would be a fascinating, you know what, Mr. Producer, remind me, we're going to do a little bit of this. It would be fascinating to do a deep dive between the people who are employed at, say, the CDC and the FDA and their history or, you know, future with the pharmaceutical companies in this country. Because when I hear the CEO come on TV and say this, you're going to have to forgive me if I'm a little bit suspicious. The most likely scenario, it is that we will need after the third dose, annual revaccinations against COVID for multiple reasons, because of the immunity that will be waning, because of the virus that I'm sure will be maintained around the world for the years to come, and also because of the need of of, um, um, variants that will emerge. I'm more confident right now that this will be the case than I was when I made uh, the projection. I think we are going to have an annual revaccination. I don't know how we're going to call it, but it will be an annual revaccination, and that should be able to keep us really safe. 
every year. Let me ask you something. Just Stu and me talking here. I'm glad you enjoy the show. I'm glad you watch. Obviously, the show doesn't happen unless you watch. I love that. But what would you think about me if I came on the air tonight, right now, and I said to you, hey, listen, it's no longer about wanting to. You had better watch every minute of I'm Right on the First every single night or you'll die. Would that sound a little self-serving to you? Does it sound a little self-serving that the CEO of Pfizer has decided you had better buy his product not once, not twice, every year? And that'll keep you safe. Are you seeing the game yet? And people have asked me, I will, I will bring this up, people have asked me repeatedly why I've gotten coronavirus right from the very beginning. Because you remember day one, I said, this, no lockdowns, this is ridiculous, we're not doing it. I've been right all along. It's not because of any intelligence I have. I don't have any. I, don't, I never claim to be a smart person. I have understood from day one this is all about money and power. You want to be right about coronavirus from now on? Just understand this is all about money and power. And it is ugly because it is splitting the United States of America. It's causing a divide there's no need to cause between the vaccinated and unvaccinated. And these people who have chosen to not get vaccinated, I don't care whether you got vaccinated or not, but these people who've chosen to worship at the altar of it, they're getting really ugly. There's some idiot on Twitter named Lars McMurty. Quote, this is his quote, the CDC should roll out a new program. Get shot or get the shot or get shot. The unvaccinated need to be round up and lined up in front of open trenches. Their choice is simple. America has had enough of the virus. We need to get back to normal life with or without them. Sounds like we're definitely doing well in this country, huh? We even had a Democrat representative, you know, the guy who farted on MSNBC, Eric Swalwell, the guy who's still sitting on the House Intelligence Committee, even though he got busted with a Chinese honeypot spy. We're not going to go into that right now. He went on a rant. He's, he's sick and tired of these unvaccinated. He's sick and tired of people putting his kids at risk. He's got to protect it. These unvaccinated people, they're attacking his kids. Except vaccinated people spread the virus just like unvaccinated people do. Oh, and by the way, kids still aren't in any significant danger from coronavirus at all. I will thank God, though, we still do have some politicians like Heavy D out there. This is how your Republicans should talk. And let me just say, in Florida, we will not let them lock you down. We will not let them take your jobs. We will not let them harm your businesses. We will not let them close your schools. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and, protect, and, and expecting a different result. The lockdowns didn't stop COVID. Force masking, they said last year, would end the pandemic if 80% wore masks. Many more than that were wearing masks and it hasn't worked. They said you could get COVID off, off surfaces, which isn't true. Um, they've not been honest about the origins of the virus and they haven't been forthright about natural immunity. And clearly, to even be entertaining the idea of doing destructive, disastrous policies like lockdowns I mean, honestly, I'm not surprised uh, because I think some people are just wired for this, um, but it is not going to happen in the state of Florida. You can take that to the bank. That's how your Republicans should talk. 
Oh, and one final note before I sign off here. we got a great show for you tonight. I can't wait to talk to Carol Roth. We're going to talk about Biden and the border next and all kinds of stuff. But one more thing. You know I don't judge anybody who got a vaccine. I don't. Don't care. It's your business. And I don't judge anybody who got a vaccine because their employer forced them to get it. I'm t- I understand you're supposed to take some principled stance with this. People got bills to pay. Kids to feed. I, I get it. There's, you'll never get any judgment from me. But I do want to point this out. For every single person out there watching this show who has chosen to defy their employer mandate and not get that vaccine, please keep going. Just know, for whatever this is worth to you, I admire you as a freedom fighter, as the freedom fighter you are, and there's something else. It's not just one of these things that, oh, it doesn't mean anything. The people who are refusing to follow their employer's vaccine mandate are actually winning. You don't realize it, you're winning. How do I know this? Why do you think they all, employers and the government alike, why do you think they all keep pushing back the date when you'll be fired? Why do you think that is? Uh, it's uh, November. Uh, okay, maybe December 1st. Uh, okay, uh, after the holidays, uh, January. Why do you think that is? They're scared. They can't afford to have all of you quit. They know that. They thought you were just going to get on your knees and say, yes, daddy, employer. Yes, daddy, government, I'll do what you tell me to do. But you didn't. And a large enough percentage of you didn't. And now they're scared to death because they need you to. Keep going. Never kneel. Make them kneel. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. we got a great show for you tonight. Now, I had a talk with my boys yesterday, my sons, about protecting themselves online. It's just, it's an online world now. And I didn't grow up in an online world. I'm 40. Kind of came right as soon as I hit adulthood. But these kids today, they did. And I'll tell you, it was pretty revealing. They were explaining to me the dangers of the online world. There's so much I don't know. Home title theft is one of those things I never knew about until it actually happened. So I got an email with my home title? That looks like my signature on it. And yes, I have to squint when I look at my phone now. I told you I'm 40. That happened. Go to HomeTitleLock.com right now and put in your address because you might already be a victim of home title theft and you wouldn't even know it. Your home title is online. And while you're there, sign up. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code RADIO for a special deal. HomeTitleLock.com, promo code RADIO. We'll be back. We talk a lot about how broken our institutions are, but... Honestly, probably the best example of that is the Department of Homeland Security, our, our immigration system. How wild is this? That, put America out of your mind because it biases everyone. It biases everyone. Let's just say there was a country out there. Uh, Rome, ancient Rome. Let's go, let's go history. Ancient Rome is there. And you, you find out there's ancient Rome. And ancient Rome had a problem. And of course they did. There were a bunch of people who would go to ancient Rome illegally. They weren't citizens. They'd go in there illegally and take advantage of all the wealth and power that was ancient Rome. So ancient Rome decided to come up with a new group, a new organization, a new enforcement arm. And this enforcement arm's sole responsibility is getting rid of all the people who've come into Rome illegally. And then, and then this new enforcement arm announces publicly Oh, well, 
we're not going to deport people. <laughs> You'd laugh. You'd say, what is this, some kind of stupid historical cartoon? That can't possibly be real. You're living in it. That's us. This is the, the DHS Secretary Mayorkas. This is what he said. Quote, the majority of undocumented non-citizens... Oh, I love these. I love the language. The majority of undocumented non-citizens who've been here for many years and who have contributed positively to our country's well-being are not priorities for removal. We are not only not removing these people, the head of the DHS is publicly announcing we have no intention of doing so. And oh, did I mention what you're seeing there right now is a caravan of over 3,000 people on its way from Mexico to the border. Oh, it's funny. I, that, that brings up old memories. Remember, last time we had a major massing of illegal immigrants at the border, it was a bunch of Haitians who came in, mainly from South America, 12 to 14,000 of them, depending on what you believe. And then one day we woke up and they were all gone. And they all came here. They let them all within the United States of America. Where are they now? I don't know. You don't know. Nobody knows. Might be moved in right next door. And don't worry, as we've already found out from these people time and time again, they're not even vetting anybody. Yeah, sleep tight. So how are the Democrats planning on attacking this? Well, they're planning on banning the term illegal immigrant. I will tell you this. I just mentioned Mayorkas, what he said, right? How he called them undocumented non-citizens. And now you just found out about them banning the term illegal immigrant. And we laugh about this stuff. And I do because it's so ridiculous. You think it's ridiculous. I think it's ridiculous. Don't discount the power of language, though. They understand the power of language. They abuse it, of course, because, well, they're disgusting communists. But they understand it, and they understand it very well. We should do likewise. Oh, I should mention Build Back Better. There's a chance we're going through it right now. They want that to give 6 million people amnesty. I wonder how they're planning on winning elections in the future, huh? Golly. Now, that probably did make you uncomfortable. Carol Roth is joining us next. But let's talk about flipping houses. You know how fun it is to flip houses? Did I ever tell you we lived in 10 houses in 10 years when I was a kid? That's how we made money. The old man would pick a house, one he thought he could improve upon, buy it. Let's start fixing her up. Let's get in some wood floors. Let's, uh, let's improve the bathroom. Turn around, sell it for a bunch of money. Make a dang nice living doing that, and it's a blast. And you can do it, too. If you go to FlippingMadeEasy.com, FlippingMadeEasy.com, and you subscribe, use the promo code JESSE when you go there, it's everything you need to know. Oh, what are the opportunities in your area? They're on FlippingMadeEasy.com. Vendors, who, who can you even call in your area? Who's trusted? FlippingMadeEasy.com. You want article after article from experts? You can become an expert on FlippingMadeEasy.com. Go, sign up for a platinum membership today with the promo code JESSE. We'll be back. I don't even know if I have to introduce her anymore, but here's Carol Roth former, well, I should say recovering investment banker and author of the book I've been telling you to buy for a while now, The War on Small Business. Carol, okay, the federal government, they keep saying they're going to run out of money in like four days. What does that mean? I thought they just had a big printer. 
they're always running out of money. It's always going to be a giant crisis every year. We're going to be thrown into bankruptcy because of the debt ceiling. You know, this political theater is so frustrating. I've been talking about it on air for pretty much a decade now. And every year it's like the same movie. Like they just keep putting it out like an action film, like a like a comic book movie, <laughs> so to speak. Um, and it always ends the same way. They always end up raising the debt ceiling. And the challenge that we have is that this is not a way to be fiscally responsible because raising the debt ceiling is basically just paying for stuff we've already bought. It's not authorizing new spending. So what we really should be doing is tying the payments uh, for any new spending together <laughs> with the debt ceiling. That would probably make a lot more sense. So if you're you're going to, to propose something that we're going to buy, we should figure out how to pay for it at that time. And frankly, we should make sure it is paid for and we're not taking on new debt. But then we wouldn't get to go through all of this wonderful theater and create all of this drama that everything is going to go you know south if we don't raise the debt ceiling. Carol, now I, I admit I'm not the oldest person in the world. I'm certainly not the youngest person in the world, as you can tell by all the gray in my beard. But I feel like I only heard the word debt ceiling about the time Barack Obama got elected. And now it's every other week we've got to raise the thing. What happened? Is this like, is this like 15 minutes ago this thing came around? Well, as the oldest person in the world, I can tell you that it is somewhat of a newer concept. Um, and that is because of the explosion of spending and debt that has happened over the past, you know, kind of a couple of decades, so to speak. I mean, if you go back to you know, 1999, 2000, not to say that we didn't have a, a substantial amount of debt, but it, it was something that made sense within the context of the GDP and within the context of, of taxes, et cetera. And the epic amount of spending, you know, we've increased the population since like 1999, 2000, around 15%, but we have increased the spending at, at the government level, uh, federal government level, not all levels, but federal government level by 140%. And that means <laughs> that they, they continue um, to do that, you know, again, not through uh, taxes that they're collecting from us, but through running up these deficits and then making that, putting that on the tab for us to pay for later. And it's not just the tab for us to pay for later, Jesse, it's also the interest expense that we incur. Because as you know, if you put something on your credit card, it's not just what you bought that kills you, it's that interest rates. They have been, through the Federal Reserve, artificially suppressing interest rates. So it doesn't seem like it's going to cost that much. But as we're seeing inflation um, as the outgrowth of a lot of these policies, eventually that's going to have to go up to a normalized level. And then it was projected within 10 years, and I think this could be conservative, that 30% of all tax dollars are going to be for interest on the debt, which means paying for things that we've already bought and making that purchase more expensive. And that's where all of this becomes you know, true insanity. Uh, by the way, just a quick side note before I go back to Carol here. I just want everyone here to know, never, ever, ever carry a month-to-month -month balance on your credit card. Never, ever, ever. I don't care if you're 15 and your parents helped you get it or you're 95. 
Never pay a dime of interest on your credit card, you nutballs. All right, Carol. Wait, wait, no, why I, the explosion? Just say that and not let me add it in. This is this is one of my dad's oh, impressive piece tenets: is do not buy things that you cannot afford. So you know, debt is for an investment. It is not for an expense. Like Jesse said, don't put stuff on your credit card that you can't afford. Now you may go. Carol, you may continue you on your own show, Jesse. No, I, I, what we just said there is probably as beneficial as anything else we will say. I, th- all right. I'm glad I had the dad I had as well. Carol, you said there was an explosion of spending in 2000. Well, we all can do the math. That's about the time George W. Bush came into office. Can you help me unpack where that explosion in spending came from? Is that a Republican thing, Democrat thing? Is it George Bush? Is it the war on terror, if we're still calling it that? Is it Medi- Medicare Plan D? What, what is it? Yeah, so I mean, it's been since 2000, it's been a steady increase. Um, Certainly all of the war spending has been a huge part of that. Um, Increases in some of the quote unquote social programs that we have obviously is another big chunk of that. And then uh, over the past 19 months, we've added a ton to our national debt because of the quote unquote COVID relief Um, from the government-mandated shutdowns and them, quote-unquote, fixing the problems that they caused. So there there are a number of different factors to blame. The reality is, is that this is a systemic issue. This isn't a party issue. So while everybody wants to blame one party or the other, both parties have had an equal hand, um, obviously, in different areas. You know, Republicans perhaps more on the war side, Democrats more on the social spending side. But over and over again, nobody has stood up to be fiscally responsible and or fiscally conservative on a year-over-year basis, and that's what's gotten us into the trouble that we have. It's expanded not only the spending, but the purview of the federal government and you know, the, the, the focus and the um, the kind of control that they have over our lives and certainly moved the concept of what a republic was meant to be to really this command and control um, economy. And it, it's not a, not a good thing for our freedom, including our economic freedom. Carol, obviously we owe money to a bunch of people, including ourselves, which I still can't get over how insane that is. But we owe money to a bunch of people, including ourselves. Right. What does happen when we get to the point where we can't make that payment? I mean, no one's coming to evict us, but what is at least a potential fallout of that when the bill comes due and the money's simply not there? Because everyone knows we're getting there eventually. Yeah, I mean, this has been the the biggest debate amongst people who like to debate these sort of things. And the, the first answer is, I really don't know, but there are lots of hypotheses um, that are out there. The good news that I always put out is that we are the skinniest kid at fat count. So we are the reserve currency. We are the biggest and most important economy. And oh, by the way, it's not just our government and our central banks that have been acting irresponsibly. It's everyone's around the world, pretty much. Every every major central banking authority and, and big country. So like there could be this weird pact on one side that like everyone's like, well, let's just all cross it off the books and pretend this never happens. And everybody's <laughs> in agreement that that's the best thing. Um, and it could be that you know they try to tax the quote unquote 
wealthy, which always means taxing the middle class more and more um, to try and get more money in. But eventually the economics don't work. And what happens is it, it threatens uh, our currency. It threatens, be, our currency is backed by the quote unquote faith in the government, which is really the faith in our economic system. And if it gets so far out of whack, uh, where there is no longer any faith, then you end up in a situation like we have seen um, in Venezuela, which was once like the fourth or fifth wealthiest nation. And now it costs, you know, and obviously this is hyperbole, but like a trillion dollars for, you know, some toilet paper. Um, but again, we are that skinniest kid at that camp. So I'm sure we will leverage that. But the likely, you know, I hate to say this, Jess, but the likely thing that happens is, you know, some sort of distraction, some sort of horrible situation, manufactured war or whatnot to distract from the problem and to create a rebuilding scenario. And unfortunately, you know, that's the kind of mentality that the central planners have. Yeah, well, what's that old saying? I don't remember who said it. When goods stop crossing borders, armies will. Carol Roth, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Man, she's the best, but daggone, we are in some trouble. <laughs> right? All right. Debt. We just talked about credit cards. You have any debt? It's all right. It's all right. It, it, look, you can't undo what's been done. You know, at one point in time in my life, I was a young Marine, dumb. Not that I'm smart now, but I was a young, dumb Marine, and I discovered gambling for the first time. And you know that I walked into a casino, having gambled once. That This was the, my first time ever gambling in my life, and I pulled every dime I had out of the bank and lost every dime in one night at the casino. Do you know that? You haven't done anything financially dumb as the things I've done, so I'm not judging you. But if you're in debt, if you owe $10,000 or more, credit cards, whatever the case may be, make a phone call. Forget about the embarrassment. Don't just accept it either. Well, it's the way it is. Call Total Financial Freedom. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau for a reason. They've been around for a long time. They've been helping people just like you out for 15 years. Make one phone call for me. In some cases, they're cutting payments in half. In half. 877-332-8291. Make sure you tell them Jesse Kelly told you to call. 877-332-8291. Total financial freedom. We'll be back. There is more envisioned in the Build Back Better law. I'll give you one example. It contains incentives to make it more affordable to buy an electric vehicle, up to a $12,500 discount, in effect, for families thinking about getting an EV. Uh, families that once they own that electric vehicle will never have to worry about gas prices again. Joining me now to talk about that brilliance and other things is Ohio Senate candidate, also former treasurer, and more importantly, United States Marine Josh Mandel. Uh, Josh, did you know gas prices don't have any effect on electric vehicles at all? I'm blown away by this. These guys are crazy. Uh, you know, whether it's uh, <laughs> Pete there or President Biden and a lot of the other uh, socialists there in Washington, this is what they're trying to do. Uh, they're trying to drive up energy costs, whether it's at the pump or people heating homes, whatever it is, so they can actually sell these boondoggles and make their Democrat Party friends rich. That, that's what this is about. It's about taking it to the middle class and sticking it to the middle class and driving everything up. So then 
that their San Francisco uh, liberal values and the green energy, Green New Deal policies that they live by uh, are more swallowable. And listen, we don't want that garbage. If it could stand up in a free market, that's one thing, but don't take our tax dollars from places like Cleveland and Youngstown and Toledo and Dayton and transfer it to your billionaire buddies in, in San Francisco. Listen, where I'm, where I'm standing right now in uh, Ohio, Jesse, if you took our state next door, Pennsylvania and West Virginia, and you, you combined our three states into a region, that region would be the third largest producer of natural gas in the entire world. People don't realize that. And you know, meanwhile, back at the ranch, you got Biden stopping pipelines. You got Buttigieg and all these other commies in Washington who are trying to stop domestic American energy production. And they're trying to basically empower the Russians and the Chinese and the Venezuelans. I mean, you literally cannot make this stuff up. It's all the antithesis of President Trump's America first agenda. All right. There's a headline out there. There's a coming story that I'm extremely passionate about. I know you are as well. Everyone knows I'm about as absurdly pro-life as you can get. We have Mississippi challenging Roe versus Wade. Josh, I'm not hopeful because it never seems like these things work out. But man, I sure hope it does. I think it is a pockmark on our nation, what we have done to the unborn. I I agree 100%. I'm a full-spectrum conservative, and I'm fully pro-life. In fact, here in Ohio, we've had a lot of these squishy rhino Republicans who go around the state and they say they're pro-life, but when we actually have pro-life legislation in Columbus, they're nowhere to be found. And so I I lived that and experienced that when I was the first statewide official to support the heartbeat bill here in Ohio. And what I learned was in the pro-life movement, in our movement, uh, we need not only allies, but what we really need is champions. U.S. senators, U.S. congressmen, and legislators throughout the the country at the state level who will be champions, who will wake up every morning and live it and breathe it and sleep it, protecting the unborn. Because the abortionists out there, whether it's Planned Parenthood or other organizations, they are focused on killing babies. They are doing that every single day. And we need to fight to protect the unborn, to protect innocent life from conception to natural death and do everything we can. And so I applaud the uh, state leaders in Mississippi for uh, bringing this case uh, to the Supreme Court. And I am hopeful and prayerful that the Supreme Court will make the right decision and overturn Roe v. Wade. Josh, a lot of people have, but I have not forgotten that the president of the United States got 13 of our warriors killed in Afghanistan. I haven't forgotten that we then drone striked a family of 10, including kids. And the, maybe the most amazing thing for, for me about all this is not only did nobody resign, no one got fired, no one resigned, no one's even apologized. Not a single person in this administration has even expressed regret over getting our 13 warriors murdered and then killing an innocent family for it. I just, I'm so embarrassed at the state of our foreign policy in this country now. It's abominable. You know, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Scheller, um, who's now being attacked by our own military, you, you, you know, I'm sure you're familiar, maybe you've had him on your program. He's actually from Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, people don't realize that, you know, so he, he's from our state. And he stood up for one main word, and it's the word that you're referencing, accountability. There is zero accountability for General Milley, 
Secretary Austin and the commander in chief of our military, Joe Biden. I believe Biden's decision to close down Bagram will go down as one of, if not the worst decisions by a commander in chief in US military history. But let's be real about this. The failure on Afghanistan from the Biden administration, it started well before the withdrawal. It started the moment he took office when he focused the general officers and the senior leadership of the military on wokeness over war fighting. And Jesse, you and I know it from the Marine Corps, but I think just the average Joe and Jane six pack here in the United States who is red blooded, patriotic American who loves this country and loves this and loves their family. They don't want soft Marines and soldiers and sailors and airmen on that wall. They want hardened warfighters. And what Biden has done and what Millie and Austin have enabled and carried out is the softening of our military. I don't know if you saw over the weekend, but there was actually uh, a movie that came out in China. And it's now the number one grossing movie in the history of movies in China. And the, the movie is about the Chinese military defeating the American military and taking over America. And so that's what the, the CCP propaganda machine has their people focused on, while you have Biden focusing our warfighters on social experiments like this garbage of critical race theory and transgender garbage and all that stuff. I mean, it's just, it's scary for our country. That sure is. Josh Mandel, Semper Fi, my brother. What's your website? Website is joshmandel.com. J-O-S-H-M-A-N-D-E-L.com. I am pro-God, pro-gun, pro-Trump. And in this campaign for U.S. Senate, where I've got like 84 different Republicans running against me, there's only one person who's running, who's going to Washington, not just to drain the swamp, but to blow up the swamp. And for any of your viewers, Jesse, across the country, I'd be honored to have their support. Just check out our website, joshmandel.com. And I'm going there to fight with two documents in hand, with the Bible in one hand and the Constitution in the other. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate it. Take care, man. All right. It is time to lighten the mood. Next. I've been telling you about the first TV, about how you need to sign up and become a supporter because you get cool stuff with it. You got to go to thefirsttv.com slash support. Well, tis the season of giving, right? It's the season of sales. Everyone else gets a sale right now. If you go to thefirsttv.com slash support, it's 20% off. Thefirsttv.com slash support. Go sign up. Enjoy your exclusive stuff. We'll be back with Lightning Moon. Remember that conversation we had yesterday about my burgers and how you can have them for breakfast and you can put an egg on there and you want the yolk to be runny? And then somebody, because half my viewers are psychopaths, someone sent me a video of himself drinking raw eggs like Rocky Balboa. Well, some guy went out on a date, on a date, and he did this. What do you do for a living? Um, I'm a sale. You know, I love egg yolk as much as the next man. I mean, I, I, I would shower in it. Wait, never mind. But still, that is... <laughs> All right. I'll see you tomorrow.